Welcome to the Colorful Clipboard, where we discuss the building blocks of making dough in childcare. I'm Kate. And I'm Carrie. Welcome back to Colorful Clipboard. Carrie and I are excited to spend the afternoon or the morning or your drive into work with you. And today we're going to talk about all the different generations that make up your staff and your parents and what you as a director need to remember. Uh, this is one of those things that are kind of funny. So when Carrie and I started, we were definitely a different generation. We started this. Um... Well, I mean, we were always Generation <laughs> X. I mean, that didn't change. We're still Generation X. <laughs> but I meant we were in our 20s, early 20s, when we started um, registered family homes. Um, Carrie, was, were you even 20 when you started yes, your registered? Okay. I was. <laughs> anyway, we were young and we are no longer in our 20s. Um, and... But we do run across a lot of the directors that we work with are, you know, at least 21. And we do have some directors that are our age. And we have a lot of people in between. And so we thought we would spend today kind of talking about maybe some things you might need to remember as a director um, when working with um, certain age groups. Um at, in your staff. So, um, Carrie, talk to me a little bit about kind of what do you think we mean by the different generations? Well, I'm perfectly happy to go ahead and use the, you know, popular culture terms. And we've got Zoomers and we've got Millennials and then we've got Gen X, which everybody forgets about. And then we've got, you know, young boomers um, because the older boomers um, are you know, 65 and older. So you may have some of those, but more the younger boomers like my brother. <laughs> and Sorry, that that was, that, that, that was a funny. Okay. What, he is, he's a boomer. He, 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 he fits the criteria. Um, and I'm perfectly happy to think that he's in the generation that everybody thinks ruins everything. Uh, <laughs> he's probably happy to be in that generation too. Yeah, he probably thinks Generation X is crazy. Um, so, you know, when we're talking about those people in, you know, in their 50s and 60s, they're the boomers, right? In their uh, upper 50s uh, and 60s, those are, those are boomers. Um, basically, it's up through JFK dying, I think, is pretty much the end of that um, generation. Um, I think for those guys, you know, they have a good work ethic. We're not having to teach them how to be, uh, good teachers, but we may have to really work with them on moving into, you know, they may be grumpy about adopting new things. Like, well, why do yeah, we have so to use hi mama? I've been writing these daily sheets for the past 30 years. Why do I now need to learn a software app and why do I need to have an iPad in my classroom? Absolutely. So, so, so Carrie brought up the first example that we're going to talk about today, which is working with your staff of different ages um, and how that works in the classroom. And so what are things that you as a director need to be considerate of? So um, understanding their comfort, their not only their comfortability with change, um, but in this case, in this example, also how comfortable are they with technology? And as a director, how do you present it to them? So hopefully as a director, when you are bringing something new into your program, you've stopped 
You've taken some kind of cursory inventory as far as perhaps skills, but you actually introduce this in a, in a training program. And then that way it's everybody, right? And so you don't have certain staff that are feeling like they're being singled out because they're the old staff. Does that make sense, Ab- Carrie? Absolutely. Um, and I think you also really, when you're, when you're looking at your staff on the older end of the spectrum, you need to check your bias because frequently people are like, oh, that person is 55. I can't have them run the school age program or I can't have them in the toddler classroom. You know, check your bias. My father-in-law is in the generation above that, what's called the forgotten generation. He's in his 70s and he could run a marathon. It's ridiculous. He's so much more fit than I am. So and he's and he's great with little kids. I mean, right. he would be he would be an awesome toddler teacher. He'd probably be way better than those of us that have like totally lost our our ability to navigate that age. And so I, I think check your bias about what ages or activities you think somebody can do based on their age. Just because somebody's a Zoomer, don't presume that they're going to be great with technology. Just because somebody is 55, don't presume that they're not going to be able to rock with your school-agers. Well, I mean, and you brought up a good point. And we do need to make sure that as a director, we own our biases. We, If you haven't taken an implicit bias assessment, Harvard does a great one. Just type in Harvard implicit implicit bias test. Um, Don't sit here and tell anybody that you're colorblind because that's actually an insult to them. And, you know, own own it. Um, There's nothing wrong with admitting that you have some biases, whether it's against males, whether it's against people of different skin tones or people of different economic backgrounds. Bias Um, is a, it's an evolutionary trait. This is given to us because it is helpful to categorize people, but individual people aren't whatever your bias is. So that's why I'm we're saying to check it. <laughs> so in general, it may make you uncomfortable to hang out with 20 guys in their 20s. Cool, don't do that. But an individual guy in his 20s is very different than a group of 20, 20 year olds. Well, and one of the things that I find interesting is when people start talking about their term biases, um, it does kind of have a negative connotation to certain folks about they don't want to know. They they assume they don't have any um, and they're not necessarily comfortable talking about them. So when you the advantage of doing something like an online assessment is that the only person who's going to know that is you. So you need to be honest with your answers. Um, if nothing else, get it to start uh, sparking some internal conversation. Um, but that really does. And we could do a whole podcast just on biases and how that affects your hiring and right. your training, but that's not why we're here right. today. <laughs> and, and we've talked in previous podcasts about how you're much more likely to hire people who are like you, right? So if you're in your twenties, you're much more likely to hire other people in their twenties because you have a positive bias towards people who have a similar life experience. And so your workplace, though, is going to have people from multiple different generations almost without a doubt. Like, I can't remember the last time I went into a program and there wasn't some diversity of age. Well, and that's even something that you and I talk about a lot when we do um, HR podcasts and we talk to people about where to find staff. 
And one of the things we often use as, a, as an example of a great resource is the empty nester and the grandparents, because these are folks that all of a sudden have a little more time on their hands, might be looking for something to do. Uh, there's a strong possibility that going back to work isn't necessarily a financial reason. And so they may just really love kids and they may find this as a great resource. And if you can get past the age barrier um, and you don't make a assumption. So when you're doing, when you're going to roll out a new piece of software or uh, even a new curriculum, uh, if you, if you roll it out with everybody the same way, you're going to make sure that you aren't uh, excluding people or people aren't making um, assumptions about others based on everything from age to, uh, to their background. So, um, so we've got the, we've got the, what I'm going to call the older generation, right? Those folks that might be our age or older and, you know, we're, we're in the 50-ish range. And so uh, if you are a younger director, you're also still going to have staff A in your age group. So you're going to have your peers and, and that's a different category. And then you're going to have folks in their 30s. So Carrie, let's, let's jump. Let's go from the oldest to the youngest staff. So let's talk about um, the, that beginning staff age. How, how young can people be hired to work in your child care center? And if you're uh, at least 21, because you're a director. Uh, what does that mean for you? And then, <laughs> are you, you know, poking let's at up. the fact that I was a director at 22 again? Are you are you poking that bear again? I am not. I just know that's our that's the minimum <laughs> licensing requirement. <laughs> okay, so you know there are things that are very different if you are 18 right now. You had some very different life experiences than Kate and I did. Because <laughs> we remember when household computers became a thing. They might remember when everybody having their own tablet became a thing, right? They've never lived in a world where there wasn't easy access to technology. Even if or their household didn't have it. And a phone attached it, to the wall. <laughs> right. Even if their household didn't have it, their school had computers everywhere, Right. So they have lived, they're called digital natives, right? But that doesn't necessarily mean that they really are good at technology. They just, it's kind of like I grew up with the microwave. That doesn't mean I'm good at cooking food with the microwave. <laughs> I just know that it's there and I can make popcorn and I can warm up food, right? <laughs> so... We can have the assumption that because somebody is 18, 19, even into their 20s, that they're going to know how to do something on a piece of technology because they're a, a technology native. My, how old is Joanna? I don't know. My younger daughter calls herself a Luddite because she rarely does anything on her computer other than create art or consume media. Like she doesn't use Excel, she doesn't use Word, she's never used Publisher, you know, like she knows how to do photo editing, she knows how to draw, and she knows how to consume media. That's what she does with technology. Um, so if somebody assumed that she'd be able to help you find an app, she would look at you like you're a crazy person. 
or evaluate an app or something like right. that. Right. And so and and so yeah, so that's that whole that's the reason why having some sort of skill survey is really important. It's yeah. also why it's really important to make sure that you introduce uh new everything to a new group. So right. um so we're still talking about technology and introduction. So the other thing to think about is, you know, people in um, their 30s and 40s um, were probably uh, definitely more introduced to uh, the concept of laptops and even the internet um, as we know it today. Because um, <laughs> Carrie and I remember the internet, but we remember it with um, absolutely no pictures. And, and then we remember annoying, when it was dial-up. Oh, God, that <laughs> annoying sound. That annoying sound. Anyway. Um, <laughs> and so but, Here's a technology lesson for you, everybody. Go check out CompuServe and see what that was. <laughs> uh, what a sound. Anyway, but when we're looking at those different generations, I guess I keep going to technology because, you know, I'm sitting here creating a podcast, <laughs> right? And so that's where my brain goes. But... You know, you also have issues with the Zoomers, um, which are the kids that are, I think they're under 25 now. Is that right? Anyway. I don't know. I would think Zoomer now has a whole different meaning than it might have last year. (laughs) Generation Z. Um, And those guys are, you know, they're digital natives. We talked about that. But also they're not used to being unable to connect to other people. (laughs) So the concept can be really hard when they first come to work for you about you can't have your cell phone on you. (laughs) Um, This whole, well, but what if somebody needs to call me? Yeah, we have a landline at the business they can call. Like that has never been a reality for them. That people couldn't call you directly. These are people who were given a phone at 12 years old or something around there. And so now they're 18, 19, 20. They've had a phone for six years. It's all they've known as they're maturing. They've always been able to reach out to any of their friends at any time or be reached. And so okay, that can so, be a little weird. Yeah, so that's that's a great point to include in something like a staff manual and introductory staff training. So and talk to them from the uh, from the legal ramifications and from what licensing says of being able to see and hear kids at all time, and that if you have a company policy that all phones need to be in a locker, in a purse, or something in your car, um, make sure that that they understand that this is for everybody, that this isn't just you're picking on them. Um, And, you know, if, you know, give them um, some sort of resource if you need to, um, like uh, the the phone number for the the, the office or let them know that, you know, you can use your phones uh, during your break, during your lunch, but the rest of the time, this is why it needs to stay. Um, You know, kids love phones. Kids have been seeing phones. Their parents have phones. Kids have no boundaries. And so if a kid has no boundaries and is going to come look at your phone, beware of what you have on your phone. So to me, there's also a great learning opportunity for the staff related to, uh, you know, security on your phone, closing your phone. Uh, think about the pictures you have on your phone, um, because it only takes one kid one time opening your phone and apps and seeing something that they really shouldn't see. And I think whether we're talking, regardless of the generation, I think we have to talk to the staff. Why do we keep running back into technology? But 
Um, social media. Um, I think what social media they consume and what social media the parents consume and should they become friends with the with your parents and all of that is a whole other deal. But again, remembering that those, you know, digital natives, it never really, they haven't lived in a place where there wasn't social media. <laughs> our, you know, our boomers have definitely lived in a place without social media. Thank God. Your Generation <laughs> X people, which is Kate and I, right? We also, lived without. thank heavens. Yeah. Um, <laughs> because, oh my Lord, 80s hairdos. Can you imagine if everybody could see every bad 80s hairdo that you had? Uh, I mean, Polar <laughs> Polaroids were bad enough. I mean, let's be realistic, right? Everybody could still grab things at the moment. And a lot of us always had cameras, but it wasn't attached to our phone and our hip and our butt all the time. Right. Okay. So we've talked about, hold on, we've talked about technology and I think that's a great, and we're going to do a whole episode on social media. So let's hang off on the social media version because that really could take us a long time. But I'm thinking about just the general staffing. Oh, okay. So before we go any further, we need to do a mid-roll. Okay. <laughs> Okay, so today's mid-roll is going to talk to you a little bit about supporting Colorful Clipboard. You may not realize that we're approaching our 40th episode. And so we've had folks who are like, oh, this is great. We want to be able to support you. So just buy us a cup of coffee. Um, it is buymeacoffee.com backslash colorful is the website. Uh, you can also find it from our Buzzsprout page. You can find it in our bio. Um, but if you want to join um, and support us monthly or yearly, then you get an opportunity as a member to get some exclusive uh, resources, mini episodes, um, possible audio trainings. Uh, we have other things just for you. So uh, go ahead and uh, let us know that you like what we do and just go buy us a cup of coffee. All right. So <laughs> back to today's topic of generations and um, kind of working with them. So we've talked about trying to, you know, when you're introducing something new, uh, making sure that you're introducing it new to everybody. We're talking about making sure that whatever you have in your staff manual, that you've uh, trained every staff person the same way. So again, make sure you have an orientation checklist. That, that kind of helps with that. Um, but I want to address conflict and I want to address... Um, basically the lifetime of somebody being an employee. So I've noticed that my older employees are more inclined to stay with me longer than my younger employees, that my younger yep. employees have absolutely no problem staying with me for six months or for a year, um, but they don't necessarily see this A as a career or even a long-term job. So how as a director, Carrie, is this going to be something that you can uh, think through, get past, again, maybe a, try to prevent venture biases or understanding is something you have from the beginning. Okay. So part of it is that when you're, I mean, think way, way back for some of us, but remember what it was like to be in your late teens and in your early twenties, you were trying to figure out what you were really, really good at and what you really enjoyed doing. And you were trying to balance that with being able to pay your dang bills, right? Those were the two things that were the main focus 
of your intellectual pursuits, right? Is that what am I good at and how can I get these bills paid? <clears throat> so when you're working with your younger staff, talking to them at the time of hire, during orientation about when there are opportunities to get raises and promotions and talking to them about this is a place where you can pursue the things that you are interested in or that you are good at because I'm perfectly fine with the punk rock drummer bringing his drums in and I am perfectly okay with the girl who does Indian dancing bringing that in. You can bring your outside interests into an early childhood program in a way that you're not going to be able to bring it in to uh, the local restaurant chain. You can't go to Kirby Lane and be playing the, the punk drums during your 15 minutes of break. You can't. But why? <laughs> so, I mean, I think that that can be an element to get people to stay with you because... I was able to get, um, you know, people in their late teens and in their 20s to stay with me for five years, you know, during that whole, um, maybe I'm going to college, maybe I'm not, <laughs> time frame, because I pointed out to them that they were going to be able to try stuff out and get paid to do it. That That is true. And the other thing you've always been really, really good is um, working with your staff about their staff development goals, what their long-term goals are. Um, however, there are a lot of people who do look at that younger generation for a couple of roles. Um, that is the summer programs, the after-schoolers, the perception, this is where we talked about biases before, the perception that that generation is great for the temporary, for the high-energy kids, um, and that kind of age group. So, But it is important to understand that that generation may have a tolerance for things or may not. So if they did babysitting or they used to diapers, if they weren't a parent, um, because that is something that I have definitely noticed in, in the last five years is that um, the age of my staff who start having their own personal families has definitely gotten a little older. Um, and that makes, you know, honestly, it makes a difference when trying to hire. So when I used to try to hire that that mid-20-something, um, it was great because that mid-20 had probably had a preschooler or had some kids in elementary school. And so it was nice because they, they were looking for something in the middle of the day. They were looking for that opportunity. Um, and so that is something that um, hopefully you'll go listen to the episode about benefits because we definitely talk a lot about um you know, staffing benefits if you have people who have their, who have kids. Um, but we also have a couple HR episodes where we talk about what to look for and who you can find up to run in your program. So, yeah, I think, you know, when we're looking at, so I guess we sort of end up with like little segments of generations, right? Because we've got the people who age-wise may be in a different category than they are as far as life experience, right? <laughs> so, they may be 22, but they may have a two-year-old, right? So that kind of skews them more into the older 20s as far as their responsibility level. So yeah, I think so, that, that definitely comes into play. Yeah, so, so there's definitely, so when you're looking and you're managing employee, 
when you're managing an employee who's younger, who um, doesn't have full-time bills, doesn't have a family, those kinds of things, you have a very different, um, they're there because they like you. They like what they do and they have no problems at all quitting if they don't like you. Right. Um, and, and they will leave at noon. They will, they, they do not understand. <laughs> they will go with this common courtesy. Yeah. They they'll go to lunch noon. and never come back. Because they had a day when... definitely some stories there. (laughs) Yes. Somebody threw up on them. They went to lunch and they never came back. Um, That's a poor orientation if you did not explain to them that this was a possibility. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So then we move into, you know, the the people in um, the, the late 20s and their 30s, right? Where they're of the age that everyone expects them to have children. Whether they elected to or not, that is an expectation that society has. And so that being aware that, you know, they either are or are not living up to society's expectation there helps you to understand a little bit about where they're coming from. But it also means at this age, they've probably acquired bills, which means they're going to be um, less likely to just walk out at lunch. Yes. Um, they they do. They've started to understand the importance of um, professionalism. And again, I'm not saying that every 18 to 22 year old doesn't understand what it means to be professional. And I'm not saying that everybody in this upper 20s age group does understand what it means to be professional because you're definitely going to always have that exception to the rule. But I think it's important for you as a director to figure out where you fall, for you to think about your own personal experiences and how that affects your ability to hire and manage these different generations because you're going to have the awesome grandma in the baby room who just all she wants to do is rock those little babies all day long. You're going to have that um, fairly young grandparent who is going to run that marathon and, you know, put them anywhere because you're just amazed. And then you're going to still have that uh, 18-year-old college student who uh, likes to go out on Thursday nights. So when they come in on Fridays and they're sweating with the, with the after-schoolers after school, they smell like a keg of beer, even though you know they didn't smell that way when they came in. So helping them understand some of those basic concepts about, you know, how your body does flush out toxins that's always an important thing so, <laughs> so how do we want to how do we want to wrap this up Carrie we're getting into our 30 minutes what is one thing you might want to tell a director when when hiring and managing the diverse generations that that find their way into child care centers what would you want to tell that director I would want to tell them that they need to work on staff unity regardless of age because the biggest problem with having a diverse staff is when there starts to be conflict amongst your staff and if you have been training people separately so I'm just going to train these people on how to use Hi Mama or you've been introducing curriculum differently to people in different ages you're creating strife within your program that doesn't need to be there So that's what I would focus on. So you need to go listen to our episode on celebrating staff because we have a great episode on that. And then the other thing you might want to really think about, which kind of comes to where Carrie was thinking, and I just want to say is remember that even those who are your age peer-wise, they are really not your peers. Always remember you're the manager. Always remember you're the owner. You're the boss. So team unity does not necessarily mean you go out drinking with the staff. 
<laughs> so it actually means uh, that you don't go out <laughs> drinking with the staff. Doesn't mean that you can't encourage the staff to go out and do things together um, or get together outside. It's a great opportunity for you to think about how many times a year do you do um, staff training that are all staff? Uh, when do you bring people together? How do you celebrate? What are those kinds of things? But I just wanted to make sure that we kind of touched on, again, that's really hard, especially if you're a fairly new director or a fairly young director and you have a lot of people who you like. That's why you hired them and you really want to do things with them. So just remember you're the boss and you set the example. So um, please don't go out in your uh, in, in your organization. No carousing. Shirts. No carousing. <laughs> especially not in your uniform or your shirt for where you work. Um, especially not with social media, right? We talked about photos and cameras and, you know, no, no, no. <laughs> So, all right. So everybody, thank you so much for listening to us today. And if you have any questions, feel free to email us at hello at colorfulclipboard.com. Share, uh, do all the things. (laughs) We'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Colorful Clipboards. Connect with us on social media at Colorful Clipboard or send us an email to hello at Colorful Clipboards. Send us your voicemail with your own questions and stories. If you want to keep learning with us, visit Texas Director, where we continue to have seminars, licensing programs, and more. This show has been made by me, Carrie Casey, and Kate Young with assistance from Hallie Casey and Marie Young. If you learned something today, share the show.